What's good, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, May 24th, and you are joining us for a 12-team Dynasty Startup Half Point Superflex Mock Draft. Let's go. Right here. Johnny, Game Time Hicks, Big Travi, what's going on, guys? You ready for this mock draft? Yeah, yeah. We're going to get it done today. It is It is getting to the end of our mock draft mania, and I'm a little sad, but Can I know you define it's... define mock draft mania for, for Whisper Nation out there? <laughs> it's just the, the mayhem that comes right after the NFL draft of all these all these mock drafts that we do. So it's just but, the amped up extraness that comes from we got real sauce to put on our burgers for the first exactly. time. Finally. Exactly. Well, you know, you know how it God. goes, Austin. We started drafting in February, right? Mock drafting. Yeah. And each yeah. month you've got to throw something in. You know how it is to get a campaign moving again. Like we got to go for another month of this. Mock draft mania is just that reminder that like, hey, we've been doing it now for a few months and we're still crazy. And guess what? We haven't even gotten to the mock draft marathon, which have is in July. Like it's, got... it's mania, then madness, then absolute pandemonium. Then, yeah. God help us. Guard your loins, <laughs> folks. And that goes for you, Whisper Nation out there. I want to give a big shout out to all of the 11 other, other Whisper Nation members that we got joining us here in the chat. We got Don Flick back. Good to see you again, Donnie. The real... Whisper, uh, aka uh, Death by Rona, aka good friend of the show. Good to have you here. Easy Daddy in the three spot. Jacob Blair, number one fan, coming at you from the four. Macedonia in the five. The Cat's Pajamas drafted in the six. The Johnny and Big Travi combo at the seven spot, jo- drafting under JW96's username, followed by Travis Garden. Jay Blizzy, our Whisper Nation listener champ. What's up, Josh? John Credit, good to see you in here. He's in our mm-hmm. Dynasty League. Uh, Drew K. Lou in the 11, and Fred BZ closing us out in that 12 spot. Thanks for joining us, Whisper Nation. And if you're listening on YouTube and you didn't get a chance to join us here in the live sleeper room, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. That's where Johnny's going to be dropping the links. You can join us every Monday in our live Whisper Nation room, but they fill up quick. So be quick on those fingers and go ahead and follow on Twitter so that you can get that information. And while you're at it, just go ahead and like and subscribe on Instagram and YouTube so you don't miss any of the content coming your way pretty much every single day. Did I miss anything, Johnny? Nope. Uh, just about to start this mock draft. If you do, I will say, if you do uh, want to get in a little earlier, get uh, you know in line a little bit earlier for the mock draft, you can join our Discord link where we drop that link even an hour before we drop it on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, these things are where can they get that discord link, Johnny? Because that's kind of like the one-stop shop. Yeah. Just dropped it in there. Austin and Johnny dropped it in our chat. So whatever platform you're on, you should be able to just click that link right from the chat right there or copy and paste. And you can also go to our Instagram, click the link in the Instagram and, and follow that over to discord. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting, Austin. You're you're over there. You see it popping off over there. They're like gifts for days, oh fantasy God. advice, dynasty stuff Earn going on. Crypto. It's crazy. It's really like the one stop shop for whatever you need over yeah. there. It's got all the good all the goodies, everything that you need there. I'm not even the biggest fan, so I really recommend following it because it as like I said, it's just the one stop shop. Give you everything there that you need. All right, we got a it's a super flex, so it's a quarterback, two running backs, only two wide receivers this week, a tight end. Uh, and then a uh, flex spot. So wide receiver, running back, or tight end could be played there. And then an extra super flex spot where you could put a quarterback. And then we got a bunch of depth pieces for the bench. We guys ready? We Let's ready do to get it. Started? And remember, this uh, is a dynasty yeah. startup, everybody. So it's it's uh, 
this is for life. Yeah, it's for life. <laughs> so make as sure. As much as a mock draft can be. And I knew that Travis was going to be with me for life. So that's why I'm okay wow. starting this and picking yeah. this team with him. Cause okay. Well, everything is temporary. So don't get too hung yeah, up on no, anything. But I appreciate your romantic heart, man. That's a beautiful piece. Hey, and yeah. Donnie goes with Patrick Mahomes in the, in the one, one spot. Are, are we ever knocking anybody for taking Patrick Mahomes at the one, one in the dynasty startup redraft? Sure. Especially not a super flex startup. I'm not a, I like Ooh, it. Right, All driving. the premium you get on a quarterback just goes up when you get super flex. Obviously, Dynasty Startup, the youth is there. The mega contract that Mahomes has, the fact that he's always going to be probably the best odds for the next six, seven years at MVP. Um, so you got all those things just really working for you. I mean, the way we've seen things lately, these quarterbacks are turning, I, I mean, the good ones, right? The really good ones are turning into like fine wine later on in years. So, I mean, you, you could be looking at 15 years of being a, you know, potential top five quarterback. I think it's worth it. That's a good actually question. I wonder now because you are seeing these extra legs to these quarterback careers. Drew Brees extended his out, obviously Tom Brady. Super Bowl MVP just keeping it rolling. But we're also seeing quarterbacks step into the NFL and have impacts much quicker than they used to, right? Where we're watching Justin Herbert come in and, and produce right away. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. These guys coming in right away and making impacts. Uh, so we have, do we expect we, – We have okay. 20 seconds, Travis, to make an impact on our, on our draft pick here. <laughs> A.J. Brown is intriguing to me right here, just the youth that's there. Uh I would also go quarterback if I could Josh Allen as well. You want that's, to do Josh? Yeah, let's. I could. I could go there. Going quarterback early. Yeah, I've done a few of these now. Well, I, only in the ones that we've mocked here with TFW. I don't have an extensive super flex, uh, you know, uh, background. But I do like going a little bit earlier than I have when I've waited on super flex. Uh, and then in a dynasty startup, startup, I want to get a guy that I can kind of hang my franchise on at least at one of my quarterback positions. If I'm going to stream quarterback for a few years, uh, maybe do that with the the super flex position itself. You know. It's kind of like a, from a real from a real digging for information here perspective. I want to know Johnny and Travis here. Like we play mock drafts a lot of the times to work out some wrinkles or to try on different strategies for size before you get to the real thing. But a dynasty startup is a huge draft in terms of I don't care how much fantasy football history you have out there, listener. If you're doing a dynasty startup, that's a that's a big deal. Because you're going to be set with this team, presumably, for years and years and years and years. And these are going to be your foundational pieces, even if you're into trades, even though we know rookie drafts are coming up. So would you would you go on and go ahead and, and is it is it like it depends on the player that's available? Or are you actually targeting a quarterback here early on? Like, was it Josh Allen falling to you at seven? You're like, I'm so glad it was Josh Allen. Or was it like, yo, I got five quarterbacks I like and I'm grabbing from that tier regardless? was kind of the tier uh, idea if uh, Murray and Mahomes were off the board. That's the guy I kind of like next is Josh Allen. I could even go Lamar Jackson there, but I know Johnny's got some trepidation about J Lamar Jackson, and I get that. So if we're drafting together, like let's try and make this amend. Uh, or a, and, and so like for me, um, you know, I was just telling Johnny, I think I would I'm, – I'm kind of – Wait! Don't don't reveal it yet. Oh no! <laughs> Dang it! I was yeah. Ah, see, we almost got AJ Brown. See, AJ Brown was very ah. interesting to me at one seven. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I was hoping. 
yeah, definitely could have loved to get them right there and get both. But I think the strategy is like we've talked about before, Austin, on these super flex and especially the dynasty, especially in dynasty, you can wait a little bit. It's not as RB heavy as we'd like to think. You know, you can wait a little bit on RB only because the main vein guys of a quarterback and wide receiver, we've talked about that. That that contract length, that career length, it's it's a lot larger for those guys. You get a lot more meat on the bone when you take those guys. Where okay, where so, do you want to go, Travis? You want Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson? I, um, I would I would go with a DK or a Jefferson. I'll let you make the call there, which one you like. Presumably is that because better. Devontae think, Adams obviously has the yeah Aaron the Rodgers situation mark. as the question mark? I would love he's getting up there in age. Rodgers is getting up there in age. You have the situation where Rodgers could not be there. I think DK is the right choice just because Russell Wilson we know is there, and we've heard less of him wanting out these days than we've heard out of Rodgers. So that's that's the things we're kind of maneuvering here. And quick take on DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson. Who do you think after just one year of production from Justin Jefferson and two there from DK. Who's more quarterback proof? I would argue that it's Jefferson. He seems to be more polished as a route runner, as a guy that could get in the slot, as who could work all over the field. But there is something tantalizing about DK Metcalf's size and speed that he's just an alpha. So do I think he's going to be a guy that could be quarterback proof? I would think so, but I think Jefferson's more well-rounded game probably suits him better. For- it's almost like DK's play style of being such a – down the field humongous option paired so well with russ's deep oh ball, yeah especially I mean, early on that's but what russ still does right yeah oh yeah special for special, sure. special special so i also think that i when i was making that pick i think dk projects more as like that big out like i think he'll be the next julio jones as whereas i think justin jefferson could be more of an obj and it's just a preference of which one you like more but i just want i i mean DK is a monster and I've seen that play out so many times in the NFL as being like, okay, that's, you're going to continue on your path. Whereas like the OBJs tend to, yeah, they're flashy and stuff, but do they end up panning out for a longer period of time? We'll see, you know, we'll see time will tell. And I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson's going to pan out or not pan out or anything like that. But DK is what, uh, you know, drives us fantasy geeks in in size, speed, analytics kind of thing. And it, so. it looks like I think it's almost unfair. I think that players who come in with a physical attribute that's headline grabbing get more shelf life, right, wrong, or indifferently than players who do not. Like a guy who is oversized like a Derrick Henry, for instance, or a DK Metcalf or at any position really is going to get the benefit of the doubt and is going to have a flop season kind of dismissed and downplayed. And that possibility is what you're going to see coming out on the other side of the conversation because it's just like, but what if, but what if, but what if meanwhile, a guy who's maybe a five foot 10 does everything by the book, great route runner, great speed, great hands, coachable player. Maybe he's been producing out, out the wazoo, just kind of skims under the radar. You know, you get it. You need to have so many years before Tyler Lockett becomes Tyler Lockett, um, despite how much production might happen. And that might just be that might be totally uh, silliness and just just hype. Or maybe there is something to it. But that is, I don't I don't know if uh, just to, on the same main vein of silliness there, Austin, like have we ever seen a guy who had the preseason picture hype? 
actually match the on-field play. And that's what happened with DK Metcalf. Remember that picture came out and he was just yoked and people were like, Oh my God, DK Metcalf is a freak before the draft. He gets drafted by Seattle and then he matched it, man. I mean, he pushed down Stefan yeah. Gilmore last year and you're like, Oh my God, he's actually exactly what he, he, uh, he is who we thought he was. That's, but, but that's the crazy part, right? Cause DK didn't go into like the start of the third round, right? Like right. bottom well, of the Well, like second, in the real draft, so but many. I meant like the fantasy hype around him was still so big because of that picture, you know? Oh, yeah, I think yeah, of yeah, like yeah, AJ yeah. Dillon's like thighs last year. Well, CMC, CMC when he came out all jacked. We actually have a video clip of that. That was pretty funny. I I got to ask you guys. uh, Well, Travis, we're about to pick up here, so we could get a very nice pick here. Oh, yes. Do we go? We go Justin Jefferson here, right? Like yeah, that's I would love to. That we were in yes. between them last time. Yeah, I think that's yes. Great yeah. Oh my goodness, beautiful. Uh, Justin you, Jefferson it, and DK. That yeah. is so nice. I like for going that. a quarterback start, wide receiver, wide receiver plan. I love. And you'll it. see a whisper nation. We got in our side chat going on over here. Uh, Travis says almost down to wait a little on running back. Johnny says me too. Yeah. <laughs> and then pairing up DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson there. That's a win now and win later. We got, love, we got Donnie. Got, yeah, Donnie came in. Don Flicked, as he's known, 1-1. One, one. He says, I'm here just in time to tell you all, for you all to tell me how well I drafted in the rounds one, two, and three. Uh, well, we'll see. We're getting there. One I mean, three I'm a pretty big fan of. Yeah, Jalen Hurts right there. I mean, I get it. I get the upsides there with the rushing ability. I just don't know if I'm taking him right there. But uh, you're, buy, you're buying that production. He yeah. needs to do it if you're taking him in the second round, yeah. if you're passing on guys like I mean, Jalen Hurts Diggs, is your guy. Antonio Gibson. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is your guy if you're doing that. Is Donnie – Donnie, are you an Eagles fan? This might be an Eagles no, fan. No, he's a Seahawks fan, actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's got, well, it's the Konami code that makes, uh, hurt. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. I got to ask you guys, cause we we're getting it here in the chat. As far as the draft, did you guys hear this? Who the Julio Jones conversation this morning on, on the hot uh, mic possible? Yeah. What? Oh my goodness. How does he, I, I don't blame Julio. Cause I don't think Julio truly knew that he was live. I can't believe that Shannon Sharp would do that. Like, so I heard I that here's how, this is that way it went down. Shannon Sharp calls Julio live on air, says, right. yo, where are you yeah. at with Atlanta? He says, I'm out. He says, you want to go to Dallas? He says, no, I want to win. Is that basically yeah. what happened? <laughs> and he so, was live? Yeah, it, that was, yeah, the shortened, really shortened version of it. But, yeah, it was literally. And, and then after. That, don't think well, Julio knew that he was live? Yeah. So what? Because he so he first came out and was like, do you want to play for the Cowboys? And he was like, nah, man, I'm not. I don't want to play for the Cowboys. And then Shannon Sharp was like, oh, he's like Atlanta or or no, he goes, would you are you wanting to play for uh, the Cowboys or Atlanta? And he's like, I don't want to play for the Cowboys. And he's like, and I'm out of Atlanta, bro. And then he like quickly followed up with, oh, why not the Cowboys? And then Julio was just like, oh, I want to win. And then okay, well, James like, oh, let me interject right, I here. Go. Selfishly, I'm going to interject because I need something to root for here. Austin, you start, and then Johnny, give me a follow up. Who would who? I'm a Julio owner owner in Dynasty. So where does Julio go that makes him more valuable than Atlanta right Green now? Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, 100. Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah, for sure. I would. I would love that. That would just be kind of great. For I mean, that has to make Packers fan, but like, it's, listen, it's hard, right? Like there's, on the downside with it, I'm like, man, at Matt Ryan has done real good for right. Julio Jones's yardage every right. single year. But we also talk about the lack of touchdown production and how it's kind of weird for such a big frame. And nobody loves to throw to his wide receivers in the end zone more than Aaron Rodgers, man. So nobody I, loves it. 
I'm just wondering how much of a favor Matt Ryan is to Julio Ryan's Julio Jones's production, and I'm arguing that maybe it's not that so much when Larry Fitzgerald calls Julio Jones the greatest wide receiver he's ever seen. It's like so maybe Julio Jones is kind of quarterback proof, and he just needs a guy who's going to throw him the ball in the end zone more often. Really quick, Travis, where well, you want to go? I, we could go. I could go with Mark Andrews. I was thinking. There's also a wide receiver I wanted to look at one more time. Michael um, Thomas, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Jamar Chase, um, Mike Evans. So Chase, Chase is interesting. I also thought Joe Mixon would be interesting here. Still kind of Joe relatively Mi- young. Yeah, might do be you want a to- good bell cow to get right here. There's some nice running backs available right now. You Joe Mixon or be able to still wait. I'd take CEH just because he's tied to Mahomes over no, Joe Mixon. Yeah, let's, uh, and let's he's, do that. And he's younger. Right, and pass catching is probably more prowess. Oh, more yeah, that's true. PPR. PPR. Half PPR. Half PPR. Good. Uh, I like that one. Um, yeah, that is just so incredibly wild that he would. He would just, let me ask you guys this, because you guys are Packers fans. You would have to think, right, that if Green Bay went out and they traded for Julio, got Julio, brought in Julio, and potentially fired their GM, that would have to make Aaron Rodgers super, super. <laughs> I love how you just throw right? that in as it's like not the most unprecedented thing we've ever seen in sports. That it, like, it's like what Michael Jordan wanted to have done with Jerry Krause, but never got to have it happen. And now you're going to say like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, who is not on the championship level or the clutch level, you could say as Aaron Rod or as Michael Jordan is now going to come in and get a, a guy f- like fired. I don't. But Jordan played for Jacob the Bulls. Jacob Blay must have been reacting and- to that. What's that? Jacob Blay must have been reacting to that. Yeah, he said, comment. what? <laughs> I think yeah, that's I just- in response to Cat's pajamas. Oh, my goodness. But- He's just uh, taking all the quarterback. This is a great strategy. <laughs> I do. Want to try to get oh, I don't know here, if though. it's a great strategy, but we'll see. We'll touch back on this one here after we after we get this take. Yeah. So my my whole thing is just like I I think if they got Julio, here here's what I've heard: John Kuhn, AJ Hawk, some of the guys closest to um, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones have all basically they are not betting men. They haven't said like they haven't taken a hot take, but when pressed by their co-hosts or people that are hosting on them on shows have said, where is he going to be? They've all said, I just can't see him not in green Bay. I just don't see him not playing for green Bay. So with that being said, where we where it's, it's starting to fizzle out. It's not as hot as it once was like all these trade rumors. And then obviously June 1st is a big day, but if they were to get Julio Jones, I don't see how that would be a bad thing or get him to, you know, it has to be a good olive branch for him. No, I think it's a good move. And I think it's, it reminds me of Kobe Bryant when he was putting pressure on the Lakers organization. Said, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I want to go. I'm yeah. done here. And they went ahead and made the moves, brought Pau Gasol in, brought in another winning team. And he was able to lock down two more championships from that. And I see Aaron Rodgers in a similar position right now. And he kind of needs to, he's got to put it all on the line. It's going to go the direction it's continued to go. And put the blame on Rodgers, put the blame on the coordinator, put the blame on the floor, whatever it is. They've lost two Western Conference finals or NFC championships the last two seasons. And Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm just I'm tired of being in the same position. So he needs something to be different. I think getting a Julio Jones, making a move to bring in a blockbuster wide receiver would shift the tide enough for it to be kind of like a fresh start. What's wild is that 
I, I read the, or listened to the story of uh, an ex Cardinals player and he was saying, cause they were, he was asking like whether or not this, he was asked whether or not this was normal for star players to do this. And what surprised me was that he said when he was playing here, it was when, you know, the Kevin Cobb situation was about to happen. And he said that Larry Fitzgerald kind of pulled the same thing with yeah. the Arizona Cardinals and said, hey, you either get Kevin Cobb in here because I want him or you trade me. Dude, and I got it in my bones, man. I'm so glad you're wild. Well, I could. And, and, you know, you we all talk about how Fitzgerald, you know, and I love him. This doesn't change my opinion on him at all. But it's like when I heard that story, it completely changed my mind on Aaron Rodgers and what he was doing and all that stuff. But just saying like this no, is totally not right. I remember that when we signed Kevin Cobb and everyone's like, what an awful signing. And I would always bring in the caveat. Yeah, it was a bad signing, but it was the best available quarterback pickup we could make in that offseason. And yeah, mm -hmm. Andy Reid hosed the Cardinals from getting all of that he did after taking that real small sample size, excuse me, making him look like a realistic quarterback, similar like a Matt Flynn scenario, except uh, the, the Cardinals just not the, the Seattle Seahawks did that one on all on their own. But uh, we needed to take the best quarterback we had available. The Cardinals did, and Kevin Cobb was that guy. And we needed to show Larry Fitzgerald that we really wanted to win. And it was a move just to re-sign Fitz. We traded mm -hmm. for Cobb to re-sign Fitz. Yep, yep, that was it. All right, let's see if C Cat's Pajamas here is going to take another. No, of course. It's just took David Montgomery. Nice. Um, I mean, we do. There are some nice running backs here. So do, I – yeah, go ahead, Johnny. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say we could go with your guy. If you want to go Mark Andrews here. Um, yeah, I thought Mark, about... Mark Andrews would be interesting here. I almost think Kyle Pitts is kind of interesting now, too, because of the Julio situation. If Julio gets traded out, then you've got Pitts. But I don't know what the quarterback situation looks like, and I know. Yeah, I would vote Andrews. What about Javante uh, Williams? Unless, unless you want to go uh, another running back. Mm, you were asking I about think, Javante Williams wait. there, yeah. Austin? wondering how intriguing he is there, rookie running back there for Denver. I do like Williams's prospect going forward. I don't know that I'd be taking him right here. Maybe not um, this year with Melvin yeah. Gordon still on the ticket. Yeah, exactly. Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts, where you want to go? Mark Andrews. Okay. I'm I'm cool with that. I was on it. I, the, um, it is very intriguing. I want to go, go back Pitts to what Austin's with. talking about with Javante Williams. It's not even just that. It's like I know that the the contract is going to set up where Williams is going to take over this backfield, and I like him as a prospect. But I don't have a lot of faith in Denver as an organization right now to get the to get their offense in line. They have just they've whiffed on quarterback back to back to back. You know, since Peyton Manning, and yeah. I don't know like how intriguing that offense is going to be. I mean, they get an Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. But like, uh, you know, other than that, like Drew Locke handing the ball off, they weren't very productive in the run game last year. Melvin Gordon like was okay, but it was RB two. Melvin Gordon was all right though. Right? Yeah, he was okay, yeah. but it's like it's not, it's not wowing me to try and invest in right now. How do you feel about the Jets backfield? You know, I was doing a little bit of a rundown, getting ready for today, and and looking at, um, you know, the selections that they have. It's like no one even talks about the Michael P. Ryan anymore. He's just like it's almost as if he's not even on the team. And I'm like, <laughs> well, we just found running back taken last year. We didn't get a ton of work. We just uh, I had Joe Zolo on the show on Friday, and we broke down the AFC East. So if you're watching along and you want to see a full breakdown of the AFC East teams, check that video. But it was it was. 
because I brought up the fact that I was like, when did the New York Jets? I feel like I, I like I don't know how I missed this. I was like, when did the New York Jets sign uh, Tevin Cole? And he's like, listen, you and the rest of the fantasy world like never saw that. Like, I don't know when That's that happened. Real. It was, it, yeah. Tevin and Coleman? so, yeah, well, there's signed- too much. There's too much talk of Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's mom and her crazy anti-mask <laughs> strategy and all, how hot she is and all this stuff. Yeah. Like there's Zach all sorts Wilson's of- got a hot mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. A, she's a smoke show. And so, she's a little crazy, too. Yeah, she is a little. She's a little wild. She gets on Instagram, starts bitching at uh, at uh, uh, Disney World for being mask holes is what she called. <laughs> and then uh, it bar sports, they like on uh, Mother's Day, they like post picture of zach wilson and and his mom on like draft night and it was like congratulations to zach wilson but the real winner and happy mother's day is to zach wilson's mom it was just like they made like this own post about it It was pretty funny so what do we got left at running back here we're about to come up i wanted to see what we're looking at here in the running back room cream hunt miles gaskin Michael like Carter, to, there he is. Michael yeah, Michael Carter. Carter sitting there. I like the Michael Carter. Oh, I even Robinson. Chase Edmonds is interesting here. Um, I could even uh, be talked into like I like Trey Sermon down there as well. Um, or we could wait and hope that we get one of those backs because even a cream hunt in a bad worst case scenario wouldn't be too bad, and go wide receiver again here, Johnny, because uh, I was looking and, and like maybe a Mike Evans still sitting there. Um, Courtland Sutton, Chase Claypool, some of the guys that are in this area that I like. Just a, Mike, nice... Mike Evans, I I still think is like paired with a few more years of of Brady. You yeah, know, our third wide be... receiver. I think we go for that, right? Yeah, I, I that, like it. That's I, just my yeah. gut there. I'm gonna. I I, I this is a good win now situation. I'm gonna text you a plan this uh of what we should look for in our our next one uh, okay. but i think this i think this is really well for us and if we can if we can land and are you you passed on james robinson and is that from the travis etn concern or yeah just, there's uh, just there's Mike something Evans love there's just too much working against Robinson right now with ETN's ability as a playmaker, Urban Meyer being a new coach and no ties to him, and the draft capital they used on ETN. All those things swirling around don't make me feel good in a dynasty. But I told Johnny this a couple weeks ago or even last week. I think that James Robinson eventually is going to dip below ETN, obviously, in redraft leagues. And I think James Robinson is going to end up being a real value this year because people are going to sleep on him, and he's going to be a guy that's plunging in for a bunch of touchdowns on that team that we think is going to improve this is an offense that produced a uh, a number six uh running back in fantasy last year and we think the offense is going to be better this year so even if they split up that work it, of course he's not going to be an rb1 again but get you know readjust your expectations right readjust what you're thinking on him and just realize that he's going to be a value now because people are going to sleep all the way on him and he's going to be a guy that compiles yardage and gets touchdowns for them I just I gotta I, say I, I we bring it up every time that it comes on the show with it, and I full disclosure I'm a James Robinson dynasty roster, but given that we've seen coaches make mistakes taking a running back at the end of the first round, whether that be Bill Belichick and Sony Michelle or Pete Carroll and uh, Rashad Penny, two very well respected Super Bowl champion coaches have made mistakes taking running backs at the end of the first round in the past, and James Robinson he just he was good on a bad team. 
Yeah. And he was undrafted and a guy who has a lot I of things working comment. against him. Good on a bad team. He just proved that he could elevate his own play despite the surrounding around him. That is something that we can't take for granted, Austin. I yeah. really like that you brought that up. Well, thank you for that point. And then and then when you see Urban Meyer go and pick up a Travis Etienne, they're all like, oh, he's so great. He's all this stuff. And then he starts saying, yeah, he's going to be our third down guy. And we're actually going to play him a little bit out of the slot. Right. Carlos Hyde and James Robinson are going to be our main plotters. And we know Carlos Hyde is just like, doing him a courtesy to throw his name in there um it, it kind of when you stack up all the numbers i'm like i don't know how james robinson given all the information we've seen and the trajectory isn't actually like going to be a big steal for fantasy teams this season i think i think this year he'll be fine uh it's it, again because this is a dynasty and you know you look kind of further than that some you know when you're making some of these picks i'm concerned with his long-term like pass this year because of like travis said the lack of ties to the coaching staff again i i believe in james robinson as a running back i think he's talented but we have seen this so many times as well where we've seen talented running backs in a certain system a new coaching staff comes in no yeah. ties and he doesn't work out or he's not as successful yeah johnny knows all about rashad penny man yeah he needs to show up and show out but i think that james robinson has the makings to actually be able to produce even if urban meyer low-key doesn't want him to produce because wants him to get out and it's not oftentimes you get an undrafted rookie running back coming in and making an NFL just, career, but Arian Foster is a real human being. So it happens. There's something that Sigmund Bloom of football guys has told me that's kind of stuck with me. Uh, Austin is that when you assume rational coaching, but the coaching isn't like the coach isn't rational, that's fool's gold sometimes. So I get what yeah. you're saying. And you're like, Oh, James Robinson's going to force his hand. He's going to have to go to James Robinson. Cause they're going to want to win games. This is a guy in, in urban Meyer and, and Evan Silva's said this before. He says he fe feels like he's going to donkey it up. He feels yeah. like he's just going to be a guy that comes in and like makes the wrong choices just yeah. out of pride because yeah. he's I mean, not he, he's a big X's and O's guy. He's a motivator guy. He's a relationship yeah. guy. And yeah, signing Tebow, bringing in Carlos Hyde. Like, Drafting just, ETN. Yeah, like did. these things are like, what are you doing? So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You and I maybe running our Madden team are going to be like, James Robinson bald. Like, let's give him the starting gig. Like, it doesn't matter. You got to earn it, rookie. But this is a guy that I don't think cares about that stuff. I think he's going to kind of run his team however the hell he damn well pleases. No, and, and, that's, and I like the point you brought up there, Travis, too, about the assumption that these coaches are going to make the right call. And I, we just started this segment off talking about Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll making the wrong call. Like it just straight up. Yeah. We talked about DK Metcalf being drafted and uh, uh, Kime, Steve Kime, the GM for the Cardinals, takes Andy Isabella over DK Metcalf. Like I can look you in the eye right now, Steve Kime, and be like, you made the wrong call. And we were sitting on our couch being like, what are you doing? Right. We were right. You were wrong, and it wasn't just coincidentally. Like, we're looking at the same stuff. Your judgment was off. Ours was on. And that happens. Like, that actually I mean, happens yeah. in the NFL. We think it's so foreign and ridiculous that people watching a game through a TV can make these decisions. But low-key, none of these coaches have seen these players play in person either. They're making the same kinds of judgments, and they make bad choices. Yeah. Not all the time. Yeah. No, but and that's the thing. But we can't always just assume, like – I don't know what the the phrasing is for this, but we can't always assume that we're not spot on either. Like like you said, like coaches are the coaches in the NFL. They're coaching football. I get it. They're they're geniuses at what they do. They're or they've done the ten thousand hours or whatever. I get that. But sometimes the court of public opinion is right, and so we have to understand when that's going to be. That's part of fantasy too, is throwing our hat in and, and understanding when we're going to get that. 
get that. And we also have to realize, we also have to realize like if you go back when DK was selected or even going up to draft every, here he comes. You're going to, you're going to be a apologist. No, 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 no. I'm saying that. Hold on. on. I want it. Let's get this take, but we gotta, we gotta make a pick here. Where do you want? Do you want to do Cortland Sutton in case, uh, or do you well, want? What do we have at a, QB okay. left? QB, we got Cousins, your your favorite, Derek Carr, <laughs> Danny, favorite. Danny Dimes, Mac Jones, Jared Goff, uh, Jameis Winston. Winston's um, interesting. We could probably even wait on. I think also I don't mind uh, Carson Wentz either. I know it's a little bit of a risk, but I think yeah. I don't Ooh. I don't see Michael how Carson Carter Wentz here? doesn't work out. You want to? Do uh, I would Carter? be down with or James uh, Robinson is here. I. I also like Damian Trey Harris. Sermon. I just think um, it'll be a, a minute on Trey Sermon. Okay, I'll take Michael Carter. Volume alone should get us where we need to yeah, be this year. I like that one. Was a pass uh, catcher too, which is nice. He's he's a dupe. Um, but no, I what I was saying was that with DK, if you go back, there were so many people that were trashing him. Oh, mm. he he didn't one have a, a elusive a loose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One route the cone guy. drill, the three he's, cone he's, drill. He's injured all the time. Yeah, he's a big guy, but he only played X games in college, and he were uh, on the field. Like there were so many questions around him. So yes, do everyone gets everything wrong? I mean, we're gonna get calls wrong on this fantasy show. It happens, but you also have to be like, okay, no, does this person Not on this one? <laughs> never on this uh you also have in general does this person hit or miss on their on their calls in general now with urban meyer you're already starting to see like these calls are a little bit wild and yeah they're you're emotional they're yeah they're emotional they're my ties or my boys um listen i get it you guys are my boys i would draft you guys before uh, a lot of other other people but you know at the end of the day you, you sometimes you just look at that and say, all right, it's, a, it's an eyebrow raised. Um, and I think you could get James Robinson as a, a somewhat steal for this year. Uh, and then moving, we'll see if he can continue to prove what we saw last enough, year. I don't, then. I don't know enough about what's really in his heart. I haven't seen enough interviews with him. I haven't seen his story to know what he's looking to overcome. But I just remember, I just made such a mistake last year with James Robinson thinking that a Zigbo and um, – well, uh, Armstead were the guys right. who were going to be there because they'd been in it. And then we saw that they let Fournette go because they had faith in Robinson. And he just set the league on fire. Right. And he almost strikes and me I, as a guy. I, also, like, I, I am in up. the same camp as you, Austin, where like I wrote the article at the end of last year where it said players I, I, I loved watching. And James Robinson headed that article up because I was so wrong on James Robinson. I wanted so nothing to do with him in all my leagues. And then all of a sudden he was tearing the league. So I think there is recency bias on that angle, too, where you could be like, oh, I was burned so bad by not loving him enough that now this year I'm going to overlove him and give him so much of the benefit of the doubt because I was wrong last year. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make it make sense at all to you? Yeah, but I'm not asking for overcorrect. I'm just saying, like, let's look at what he did and say the team is supposed to get better, and how would we factor in a guy yeah. who did this and a team that's yeah, that, supposed to get better? That's the camp I've been in more that we've talked about it is, like, I can't wait to see the dip with him, and then if you're drafting late in this summer, where he's going to end up at, and then what you feel like his ceiling is. And I think his ceiling now with ETN there fully healthy is probably more RB2 than it was RB1 last year, but you're going to be able to get him at a discount, I think. Yeah, Travis, uh, I want to ask you, we, we asked we asked um, uh, Ryan and Josh on the, the mock draft here, 
And I just want to kind of get your take here, Claire. You were with us here, but between James, or excuse me, DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault, has your opinion changed or evolved on who you'd rather have? You just had one of those guys right now, Shark or Chenault. I am a little bit torn. I think, is it a redraft, like win now mentality or a dynasty? Right now, now I'm going to take DJ Shark. I think he's more established, more polished. He's probably going to mesh better with Trevor Lawrence. I am trying to trust my gut. My, My gut on A.J. Brown was that he was the best wide receiver coming out in that class, and I liked him a lot, but he went to Tennessee, and I kind of backed off that take. My gut with LaVisca Chenault after watching his tape was I liked him the most. He was raw for Mm. sure, but I liked what he put on tape. And so I've been waiting and I didn't want to discount him because he went to Jacksonville, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to get caught with my pants down either. I do like Visca long-term. I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver in the NFL, especially with Trevor Lawrence coming in, but I like DJ shark better right now. Where do you want to go, Travis, with this pick? So uh, I would take either Carson. I could either even take uh, Trey Sermon again, like I said, or I'll let you. I can default to you, whatever you're feeling right here. Because I think we could probably wait on on quarterback still, even. Yeah, I think we could. Uh, I th- I would honestly, I'm thinking maybe. Wait, where well, did I don't see it? Oh, Chase Claypool went, and I, I was kind of looking at him. We could do Glenny and fill that as like a one thing, but I, I also know. like Ronald Jones too. Still very young, probably going to get a good shot at like is Leonard going to stay around for a while? I think or, they both were effective. So or AJ Dillon, uh, go with Leonard Fournette. We can go Lynn win now. That's fine. Okay. So Leonard Fournette with the win now. It's a contract year. Maybe you end up getting a couple of extra years with him, either with Tampa Bay or he goes somewhere else. Yeah, Dynasty would make me kind of want to go Ronald Jones. You know. Uh, just mm-hmm. because I think he outlives uh, Leonard Fournette okay. in the offense. But uh, I think Fournette did prove that he's there and motivated. And, you know, Brady loves him. So why not run it back one more time? I wanted yeah, Mike Davis or Damian Harris, but both of those, I was, <laughs> the ones I was going to trust were going to be Mike Davis, Damian Harris, and Claypool. And all three of them went in the beginning yeah, of the Yeah, we got close. Round. We got close yeah. on being able to get those, though, too. So I wasn't, I, I would have been I'm so not afraid giddy. with our, yeah, I'm not afraid with what our strategies yielded so far. I really like the core we've put around. And then we get a chance to scoop up a couple quarterbacks here uh, for our super flex start throws. Um, and I think we'll be, I'll, I think we'll be and looking for, pretty good. For Whisper Nation out there, I would actually personally recommend leaning away from a Bill Belichick backfield and dynasty it's just a that's a long headache to live with that wheel turns over quite a bit <laughs> and you've had seasons like we go we talk about it all the time like garrett blunt stephen ridley um you know the hopefulness that every year you make the case for why this running back in the new england system is going to produce and it's a fine narrative it's just so hard to pick when jonah gray comes in there and just wrecks your week you know so it's 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 when you're making a dynasty selection i almost think of the system that i'm buying into the players or excuse me the the human beings calling the shots the head coach the coordinator as much as i'm going to be looking at maybe the talent itself because some guys really like to lean on one specific running back a bell cow type of system and others like a shanahan you just it's just always equitably distributed scott, scott over Joey. here listening to our yeah draft he took he took Wentz. He wants us to pick his team as oh that, as that's the best. That's, that's I mean, Wentz was kind enough. of one where I was plugging my nose to pick, but we can we can roll with something else. Yeah, uh, no. Johnny, I wanted to make this point though. We we wanted Mike Davis, right? And the reasons you wanted Mike Davis is because he's supposed to be the guy. It's a definitely a better offense. He's but he's a little bit older. Like why is Leonard Fournette 
for purposes of this dynasty, not the better pick. I actually think we ended up with the better pick because Fournette's on a better offense, much much more proven quarterback, much more proven of a prospect as a running back than than Mike Davis ever been. I actually think Fournette's the better pick, and I think it worked out for us here. I think he like could be Mike a, Davis or Leonard Fournette. I'm taking Leonard Fournette, right? The only concern I have is, like you said, the Ronald Jones and that we saw Ronald Jones actually turn the corner last year and he and he was producing. And so if he comes in with that same chip and then who knows if Uncle Lenny does, you know, have a setback or something and Ronald Jones could end up. That's the only thing I don't okay. feel that right. way with the Atlanta backfield. Fair enough. All right, so we got another we pick could, here. What are we? Thinking? We could do Ronald Jones to just take that that backfield right now. I would be okay with that. If I'm almost, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, that's good with me. I'm I'm good with that. Wanted to peek out wide receiver a little bit. Maybe, yeah, guys, he's kind of nice. We you have that, some time, especially when you didn't go running back early. Right. This yeah. means you're going to secure a backfield, and no matter that's what happens, Fournette or Ronald Jones, you still got a little excitement if they get dealt to another team. Yeah, let's go, Ronald Jones. I like that. I like that stack because we just need to fill one other running back, you know, as far as starting. I want to say what's up to Cody Palmer in here. I haven't seen you before. Welcome. You're new in here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, he said, agreed with Austin. Stay away from James. Uh, and James White is on the roster. So with Mac Jones, he'll get more. Plus Cam Newton steals touchdowns. All those things, part of it. And the Belichickian kind of uh, situation going on. And then he, he jumped in. Cody Palmer jumped in. Fournette is older and Ronald Jones plus Bernard. Bernard is a sneaky situation there, but I think he's just going to be more of a depth piece for that team in case anything happens. We've He's been a guy to prove in. Cody, if you're new, which uh, I believe you are, scroll up to the top of the chat. Actually, I'll just pop it in here again. Yeah. And that's our Jay Discord link. Join us, over, join us over on Discord, Cody. Uh, we'd love to have you over there, man. I do want to highlight Cody's point here. Ronald Jones is 23 and Fournette's 26. And we look yeah. – it's it's a tough way to evaluate shelf life for running backs. I look at uh, running back shelf life the way I look at dairy products, where sometimes you look at it and it's like, oh, this lasts four days. And then sometimes you look at yogurt and you're like, this lasts four months. Like, this is weird, right? It's kind of like, like how to say some really. Cheese, some cheese is mold or most cheese is mold and then some cheese you can if stay you eat forever. If two days, you'll die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I look at running backs kind of in a similar way where it's like some running backs are like retired by age 25. Some are Frank Gore. And some are Frank yeah. Gore. Some wide receivers are legitimately productive until they're 34 years old. And then, you know, uh, Megatron decided he hit 30 and was done. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a, it definitely strays longer on the wide receiver side, but it's not something you can just immediately take to the bank, especially when you've got a player who's, who's just got something special about them. We're not all going to be Frank Gores and Adrian Petersons, of course, but Leonard Fournette's got kind of a weird way about him. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him be 31 years old and still saying like, I changed my diet this year and I'm going to keep doing it. And he cracked enough dude's skulls open the season prior that he's going to get another shot. And then on the same side as Ronald Jones, he's 23. He showed some, he showed some flashes, but he's also shown some underwhelming moments as well. So I wouldn't be surprised in two years if he was just a name that were like, whatever happened to Ronald Jones, you know, the, the snap, snap also. fantasy football podcast has send these boys a like. What are y'all doing? That's a great point because we've got 17 of y'all watching. We've only got six likes over on YouTube. Help us get those likes up or on whatever platform you're on uh, and make sure you share this with uh, those people out there. I know some of you don't want to share because you don't want to give away too much of your secrets, but you got to get you, look. Fantasy has got to be more inclusive. OK, you get better by sharpening that iron. So, you know, get out there. Share us. Let us know. 
All right, Travis, we're about to come up here. Uh, what do you What do you think? And you want to do here? Did you just pitch me, uh, Danny Dimes? I did, yeah. yeah but he got gross. taken though. He got oh, taken good. before, so that's I don't uh, want yeah. any part of that. Unbelievable. Uh, let's see. I think we can probably wait one more round on quarterback. Let's see what we got. I don't know. Uh, we receiver. got. We have Jameis Winston, Tatum Hill, yeah. Cam Newton. Cam ben. Newton's fine. Ben's fine for okay. one year. Ooh, I like that. Uh, okay, so we so can we can wide go receiver. one more round. Debo's wide. got some upside. We got for Debo sure. there. Got upside for I love sure. This guy. Yeah. Uh, scroll down a little bit Marquee's here. Marquise got upside. Rugs Devontae got Parker. Upside. Devontae Parker's Parker. there. Rugs is there. Parker's got some win now and upside. Darnell Mooney's got the internet on his side. Yeah. Scroll scroll back up. Who do we have at the, kind of the top of the list? Debo. I would, yeah, I would go with Debo or Visca would be my guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Visca just because I love him, but uh, that might we might be a little bit further off than I like. So Debo is probably the the better I mean, bet for me. I'll yeah, default to you here. Can you peek you running back? Really seconds, quick, you can either go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to peek running back? I just want to peek it. I just want to peek it. Just AJ, peek it. Melvin Gordon, Tony Zach Pollard. Moss is still a guy I'd be interested in. Um, I know you don't want to hear that, but he's only had one year to really go. And like, I think he's got the youth and the size on his side. So, all right. Do you want Zach or, uh, or do you want Devo? We got eight seconds. Go with Devo. I think okay. Devo's got more pop. Short-term appeal, have... long-term appeal. Yeah, could be a world beater still, but maybe. I'm I'm saying like I'm saying, <laughs> you know, you make the pitch for these guys in these later rounds, and I'm like, eh, you know, you have that voice. Eh, I don't know. I'm doing that longer with Zach Moss than I am with Debo. I'm did they like, pick up a running back? Uh, no, they did, did not. Buffalo drafted a running back. They did not. So we got a great team in the Buffalo Bills. The weather right. gets cold. We all say no. they like to run the ball then more. Moss is bigger than Singletary. Singletary's kind of boring. He's not sexy. Zach Moss is kind of sexy. He's still available. There's no other running back. Is yeah, he that hotness, Ronnie? The is only, the only problem, only, the, all of that is absolutely true. The only problem is that the guy who's running is the quarterback who we have on our team and Josh Allen. He is that guy who does all sure. of that. Yeah, and so, sure. There, but I think that when you have a franchise quarterback, yeah, you get you get hot off of the way he does it initially. But Be Big Ben used to run too, like not crazy like Josh Allen. Point. But now, Big Ben used to run. Like he was, Aaron Rodgers used to run too, you know. So like these guys run at the start of their careers, and then they learn that they have to not be as mobile. Now Josh Allen is more of a Cam Newton type than he is maybe an Aaron Rodgers type. But what we saw last year was him bridge that gap a whole lot better. His team so, says he plays quarterback like a linebacker. Yes, and he's big enough, and he can take those. But look, Cam Newton could only take them for so long. And so, if the league is, you know, if that if that franchise is smart, which I think they are, they've done a lot of good moves over the last few years. I think they're going to want to continue to try and build a running game to complement him. Dad, that's going to blow your mind. Devin Devin Singletary had five goal line uh, goal line carries last year. Zach Moss only had three. Yeah, Zach Moss got he was dinged up a little bit too. How much um, of the game? How many snaps? I, did they play I was overall? just really, I was really surprised. I mean, obviously Josh Allen got the most, you know, but I was surprised that, you know, because like you said, Zach Moss think, is the I bigger think a lot guy. Of that too. We all, well, and I think a lot of that is fooling the defense. You know, you put Zach, you put Singletary in, you're not expecting a goal line run because you'd expect Moss to be in if you're a defense. Oh, but I think some of that daddy. stuff is going to change too. Easy Daddy with a great pickup here, Ryan Fitzmagic here. 
Oh man. Are you that thinking about getting ready one. for a quarterback on the uh on this eleventh round selection possibly? Yeah. Filling we that probably, in. Probably yeah, we probably gotta get what him we got here. available. Yeah, let's take a Jay peek. Here. Basically gonna be Cam Newton. Uh because or Drew Locke. Um nope. Kyle Trask isn't gonna retire after yeah, that's basically we we are literally gonna get the uh, the as long last as cat's night. pajamas doesn't take Cam Newton here, we'll just snag Cam Newton. But he he probably will now. And then you gotta oh, God, well, I guess Cam I mean Newton. ultimately we could go see we could go Cam Newton and then come back around and get Drew Locke because if Cam gets pulled this year, then at least we'll have hopefully what is another starter. Yeah. Okay. So we're going. Cam here? I would even go, yeah. And I would even argue that if we can later of scooping up Teddy as well. If we get Drew, also get Teddy, and then maybe a, uh, what is that? Maybe like your 15th or your last yeah. pick. Yeah, exactly. Whoever is, you, is, you like, yeah. short-term, long-term yeah. on that one could be could be good. I want to talk about, uh, you know, we saw more just get drafted. We, uh, wide receiver drafted by the New York Jets. Last year we were talking about Mims. Now we're talking about more. Uh, we were talking about Samaj P. Ryan, Lamichael P. Ryan, excuse me, Lamichael P. Ryan, and now we're talking. Uh, now, now we're talking about uh, Carter, Michael Carter, yeah, right. So, how many of these guys that we're talking about now, like, like, a, like a, well, an Elijah Moore, are just going to be the Mims of next it's year? It's always just- perspective, right? Too, like Elijah Moore is more intriguing, maybe even than Mims was for two reasons. One. We assume Zach Wilson will elevate their play. We have to assume that. We don't have to, but we assume that based on what everybody thought of Zach Wilson. Yeah. So we think that the Jets' offense is better. Two, the Jets are likely to cut Jamison Crowder. Did they already do that, Johnny? They haven't done it yet, right? They haven't done it yet, but... So uh, they're likely to cut Jamison Crowder. Is that because of contract? And, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, and Elijah Moore is a slot-wide receiver. Well, bottom line, he's just a really good slot-wide receiver. So well, it's, they're it's going a, to probably have more play in the slot. It's the salary cap. Like they can save ten okay. million by cutting him, as opposed to keeping him on the roster. So that was right. more so, so why they were saying that they would probably. My do that. my point being is that Mims we didn't get to see shine, but these two are actually probably going to help each other. The fact that Moore is a good slot receiver means that they can't just focus on Denzel Mims in this offense, and you would likely see both of them kind of, uh, you know, go forward with the running back situation. That's not how it works. You can't usually have. It's very. It's much more rare to have two viable options at running back in a backfield than it yeah. is to have two viable options in a wide receiving core. Or at least that's how I've viewed it. And so for me, that's why I think you know it's good to have perspective when we talk about. But I know what you're talking about too, Austin, because we definitely, as an industry, do that all the time. Where oh my god, the shiny new rookie toys are in, and we just ditch the post hype sleepers. But there's a lot of gold to be had in those second year guys that just didn't get their full crack at it. Right. So I guess maybe it requires taking a bit of nuanced approach and looking at why a guy who was talked about in the offseason last year but didn't produce very much, what's their relevancy still on that team? And sometimes you can say, like, new coach came in, guy didn't look that good, different system. I'm not right. really banking on this guy's future. Or but or maybe there's another reason, like if, if like Darion Evans running back for the Titans, who's going to be handcuffing Derrick Henry. He was hurt a lot last season. They didn't pick up another guy. Maybe maybe that's still just slaughter for that same backup role it was supposed to be. Parker here, right? I mean, I don't mind Parker, but I just messaged you another guy. Do you think we can wait oh, on the guy I messaged you here? 
Sorry, I didn't see this message. Trying to be all sneaky here. Uh, there's another uh, rookie I think that we I can, like. I, I think we can wait on him. All right. all right, let's go with Parker. We'll, we'll grab him. We'll grab that rookie on the next round. I'll tell you hey. what, if we don't get him, dude, it's this whole draft's I'm, ruined. I'm feeling good, dude. I'm feeling <laughs> delete the YouTube I'm, channel. I'm feeling, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling really good based on some prior, wanna, prior picks. I want to say on the same note where we're talking about previous hotness that we all of a sudden forget about because a year passes and we say forget about him. Henry Ruggs, first wide receiver selected by the Las Vegas Raiders a couple of years ago. Really fast. We know that Johnny, they got their boy over there uh, on the other side, Bateman, right? Um, or, uh, is Ruggs just going to be a guy who's always going to be a, a downfield threat but never a reliable fantasy option? Is he going to morph into uh, an actual piece, a uh, better Deshaun Jackson? What is what are we what are we expecting out of this one is tough for me. I, I still tend to believe that Ruggs is a great dart throw this year just based on the draft capital. I want to based on what we've seen before in Gruden's offenses and, and the way he pushes it usually through one wide receiver. Johnny makes some great points about Brian Edwards being a more well rounded wide receiver, a guy that you can invest in for even cheaper than Henry Ruggs. But I think Ruggs is actually coming off the board late enough for me to take a chance on, and he's got a, he's a guy that's like got league winning upside or a week winning upside, which we saw against the one game he did anything or two games he did anything, one against the Chiefs and one against the Jets, and it's like yeah, in one play this guy can change your fantasy outlook for the week. So for me, um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is I think Ruggs is the guy who has a little bit higher of a ceiling and he's just as cheap as, as Edwards right now, or, or just a Death little bit. That's by Rona. The real whisperer. He, he must've been picking up the vibe too. And yeah. last, my case on rugs, man, is like Derek Carr, every few games a season shows us that he can really chuck the football and he could take the ceiling off his game if he needed it to be done. And we've seen that outside of Darren Waller, he doesn't really have a great rapport with any other pass catching options on the team. And rugs has got some freaky ability. So I'm like, if these stars align and you get this player with this true freaky ability who had really high draft pedigree, playing for a quarterback who can lift it every now and again, who doesn't have a top target, like if these things lined up all of a sudden, like Henry Ruggs could be a league winner. But just, there's a lot of ifs in that statement. I just don't yeah. think that he is in this right system for that. Like, I don't think, will he have upside week? Sure. I, I, I do think that if you draft him and you're drafting him for that upside play, uh, for sure, I think he's going to have probably, like if you looked at going fast forward into next year and then you were to say, all right, what's uh, Ruggs's best game that he had of the year? And then fantasy-wise, and then you pair oh, that. Oh, man. Oh, my oh, gosh. Are you right serious? Before us, dude. It's I, in the chat. We got oh the receipts. They wanted it bad. Uh, all right. Well, that's all right. that's that is what it is. Cat's pajamas has done this now a couple times. He's taken the guy either right before us or right after we've discussed guys, which means I'm okay with that because Cat's pajamas usually drafts great. But he's putting together quite a team for a guy who went like four quarterbacks in a row. I, I don't mind the upside of what he's got going there. I don't know if I'd do that, but I like I like the stones on him. Uh, I right. I guess we roll with uh, maybe Gus Bus here. Yeah, I, I that's a good one. I'm good with that one. And the snap says, uh, speaking last bit on the Raiders and Derek Carr, PFF ranked Derek Carr's deep ball second most effective in 2020. Was it poor chemistry that made him miss rugs? Separation metrics show enough from rugs. 
And that's something that only should get better with time and more creativity from the offense if they scheme things that are better for rugs, which I think has always been what they want. Like, I cannot tell you how much it's similar. You see it now in Sean McVay, who people call the little Gruden. Remember when Brandon Cooks got traded to the Rams? He was just goo goo gaga over Cooks' speed. He loved it. Same thing on hard knocks with Gruden and Antonio Brown. He just couldn't wait to get Antonio Brown on the field, but he never could. They never could get it going. They go and get a guy like Ruggs. I think that's the vision of his offense. He wants a strong running game and to go over the top with a big, deep uh, threat at wide receiver. And I think that's what he sees in Ruggs. Now, whether or not they make that happen. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what they want to do. And so I love Ruggs as a, as a dart throw here. I just want to talk a little bit, Johnny, about Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. This is a guy that is going to be grandfathered into a ton of targets. Uh, I mean, he just is like he's coming off the board. They don't have anything else. They got rid of Marvin Jones. They got rid of Kenny Galladay. And now Amon Ross St. Brown is the rookie that they've drafted who projects to be a really decent NFL-ready prospect and a guy that's just going to get peppered with targets. So I think he's a great dart throw in these later rounds, especially in a dynasty league where you're going to be a guy. This is a team that's going to be bad on defense. They're going to have to throw a lot. And, and look, Jared Goff has made Robert Woods and Cooper Cup effective for multiple years, both of them. So he can have a guy in, in him and TJ Hawkins and eat it up for both for Detroit. I think all, all the things are pointing there for a really good pick. That's a great point, Travis. I didn't really realize or contextualize how much of the Detroit Lions weaponry is gone. I mean, yeah. we all know and yeah. we know like Goff came in there and Stafford's out, but it's like Galladay, gone. Uh, Marvin Jones, gone. Right. Hawkinson is still there, but tight end. It's it's almost makes him more exciting along yep. with the rest of the weapons. It's, it's yeah, a whole mystery bag. Yeah, I'm excited about Hawkinson and Amon Ross St. Brown here at the top of that depth chart. Obviously, you've got uh, our boy, uh, uh, what's his name? Geronimo Allison still there. He held out last year. He's a former Packer, but I, so, I don't I don't put much stock of, in that. Where, speaking of former Packer, oh, Johnny, go ahead and make him pick. Where do you want? Uh, do you want to view Mike Williams, Travis? He's a one-year, maybe, I mean, he. this is could be a breakout year. Um, or do you want to go with like I a got, running back here? Chuba is interesting to me because of. I'm good to go wide receiver here. Um, do Antonio we have Brown? Just kidding. Uh, we got to make this pick though. Just, uh, yeah. I got you. Whatever you want here. We'll do Mike Williams. I like Speaking that. of another That's former, fine. former Packers playing for the lions and Johnny's boy. DeAndre Jamal Swift. Williams, what, do you, baby? what do you think about Jamal Williams? The a back. As as coach is calling him the a back over there, Johnny. I see you nervous. I see you shaking your head with a little smile on your face. I'm like, I'm no no because once again, I'm, we talked uh, about how bad coaches can be and how illogical their decisions can be, and that wouldn't be the first true. out of Detroit, right? Listen, if someone's oh, going to make this, this. Sorry, no, if, no, I'm not because it's the same argument that it's always been. If you want to believe in that, believe that. Go believe that Jamal Williams is the 1A, the alpha dog. Hey, go tell your friends that that's going to be the case because the reality is it's not. He's a talented running back. You believe in the talent or you don't. You've had the head coach say some weird things. You've had the running backs coach say that DeAndre Swift is the most is a three down back. You've had some weird things come out. Coach speak is a real thing. It happens. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens. I will say this, though. Do you think that it's possible I mean, who is the biggest mentor to Dan Campbell? The biggest one's probably Bill Parcells, but the second biggest one who he spent the most of the time just being the assistant head coach for was Sean Payton. And what has Sean Payton always done 
is have Alvin Kamara be a secondary guy who's been hyper-effective. I'm not saying he, he hasn't got it done. He's been very effective. Do you think there's any kind of world where that's what he's trying to set up behind the scenes? Dan Campbell is like a, a, a dual backfield where Jamal does a bunch of the grindy, heavy lifting like a Latavius Murray or a Mark Ingram in the early years, and then you have DeAndre Swift coming in as the pass catcher, the electric one, the guy who's going to score the points. There's not there uh, that you're explaining like every single and I'm not faulting you, Travis. I, I'm saying that like this is the whole narrative like that just needs to be wiped away from fantasy football. Every single running back system is an RBBC technically like there's not one single True. running and back. I, I, I don't does, want you to take the low hanging fruit here. I guess what I'm right. saying is Detroit's though is different, right? Yes. Right. They're going to be How a very cheaper pie. It's a smaller pie. Yeah. To his point, like they just. How many coaches have they gone through? Matt Patricia, the guy before him, like how many good running so, backs have they had? Carryon Johnson was a highly touted prospect. That you, had you, all this bogus, like Garrett Blunt signing, getting the front had, of him, like bogus signing, like a Jamal Williams getting in the front of a talented DeAndre Swift. Like Garrett Blunt getting in the way of Carryon Johnson is very similar to me as Jamal, as Jamal Williams getting in the way of DeAndre Swift. Right, okay, and I well, would say, I, say even like this, Johnny, when you're at that second round and you're trying to decide between like a J.K. Dobbins or a Cam Akers and then a DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers is sitting there and, and they've watched Malcolm Brown, a Jamal Williams lookalike, leave the offense and now cam Akers is set up for more volume so does this tip the needle any of this talk tip the needle more to cam Akers, let's say over a deandre swift for you or are you still just buying that the talent because deandre swift's talent is undeniable is going to rise above this situation oh i'm dev i've been taking cam newton or uh i've been taking Akers ahead of Okay. Swift this whole time. I think okay. I've been right. taking I've been taking Cam Akers uh, before him. I've been taking Antonio Gibson before DeAndre Swift every time. Uh, and the, where it kind of cuts off is like Ceh or Swift for me. That's okay. where I kind of so like. Let struggle. me ask that then. Ceh, whose whose situation is so much better, uh, right. or a DeAndre Swift with some of this news swirling? Does it tip um, the needle? I guess. Does this does this change your mind in any? Or are you still just tossing him up based on talent? It's, but it's not just talent. He'll get the opportunity as well. And that's what I fear for CEH is that he won't necessarily ever get to that true uh, potential of getting that ceiling usage because Mahomes is so efficient and so effective at throwing the ball that it doesn't make sense to run it. Whereas like Detroit wants to run the ball. They, coordinator is the head was the head coach for the LA Chargers last year who absolutely loved to run the ball with one kind of running back yes will Jamal get usage yes and I do think yeah might be like the Alvin Kamara Mark Ingram kind of role thing but it doesn't it will still DeAndre Swift will be efficient active because he's an elusive player and he has that burst 10 seconds we got to take a quarterback Johnny quarterback Give give me one quarterback dart throw Let's Taysom? just go. Let's go taste them for the upside. Right. In case he is right. the quarterback, then we kind of landed ourselves like a nice little. Nice. Like um, somebody. But yeah, I for me that's why I don't. No, and look I, I at just think these, these are the conversations we have to work through. I'm not saying like, oh, I know we jest with you about like trying to poke at you for DeAndre Swift, but I think it's more about asking the question because eventually enough coach speak is going to actually sway ADP. Right. And, and and change things should, around. And so we need to we need to work through it with Whisper Nation and talk about like, OK, 
do we like let's work through the facts that we know we know that deandre swift's super talented and can catch the ball we know where uh you know dan campbell comes from more work than he probably will yeah right and so we will see just on just on the fact that it is the lions like he should get more work he finished as a top 15 running back with 150 carries right or 150 touches last year so it's like you got you see that going up so if he finished very little and what didn't even take over that running back backfield until over half through the the season you see what the true potential is now are you somewhat drafting on that potential because yes, a lot of people that's, aren't that's the point yes. I'm yeah, just gonna make you are it's yeah. like you're kind of drafting him at his ceiling with that right what, what you're uh, saying i don't know if that's ceiling could think that he can he could be well, yeah. i mean i'm just saying you're drafting him on what he did last year is what i should say right which is kind of seen with a lot of those second second year running backs right um because gibson really didn't show it for a whole season he had a couple of games where he blew up out there same with cam Akers, same with deandre swift same with dobbins it's all these things that we're projecting okay it's looking like on the moves that this is where they should go the sad reality is for full of those guys it is going to fall through and you're gonna kind of get stuck with the bag this year because they're not all gonna pan out just saying all right where's the most uh safest place to place your bet and um i use to think that swift is one of those guys that will actually come out and be at least what you draft him to be uh as a running back dan campbell scares me i'll just say it (laughs) It's another another Urban Meyer thing where like this guy could easily donkey it up. For I sure. will be fair that every single scares Austin, but I will Unlike say an actual scare. <laughs> he's like it's just horrible there. It's it's a terrible place. But I, I will say though, ownership. There's something in the water. I like, do like what yeah. he did by bringing an ex head coach in as his offensive coordinator. Anthony Lynn just spent time being a head coach, so you do like that. There's some rational coaching on the staff as as his next right hand man. So that you like, but he is weird, and he's like a guy you want to have a beer with for sure. Like you want to party and have a beer bong with Dan Campbell. Uh, you're afraid of him biting knee cops off at your party, but he's definitely like super weird, dude. Uh, I get what you mean there, but we did it guys. We did it. We, rocked guys. And rolled we did this it. Mock. This is good. We did our, our, our super look. They said it couldn't be done. They said me and Johnny couldn't agree on a whole team. They said they, 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 they doubted us. They don't want us to have a bigger pool than Kanye dude. We're, we're here. We're sticking around. I think this is a pretty great team. I think this is a pretty good squad uh, that y'all put together. So now we're going to take a look at everybody's team here and do our infamous draft grades. But I just want to say uh, to you and to, to Johnny and Travis, I think this is a pretty well-rounded win now and build for the future team. Josh Allen, Cam Newton, or Taysom Hill as your QBs, pretty nice. Uh, CEH, and then uh, either Carter or Fournette or Ronald Jones or Gus Bus as your number two running back. Like, pretty good room right there and then the wide receivers are fantastic dk metcalf justin jefferson mike evans that would probably be the best three in a redraft league and it's maybe two of the best wide receivers without missing antonio or uh, aj brown uh two of the top three wide receivers you'd like to have dynasty wise period uh yeah, and then debo samuel's got really nice upside Devontae parker win now and maybe down the road too mike williams perennially going to be his year this year no exception i like it 
Yeah, I like what we did here, Johnny and Austin, with the uh, core. You have Josh Allen, DK Metcalf, Jefferson, as he said. But then what we did, and even Mark Andrews, you talk about a young core with with great upside to last for a while. But then even what we did with the running backs, we tied to great offenses. CEH tied to that Chiefs offense. Then the running backs with Fournette and Jones tied to a very win-now Bucks high upside offense. So I think that we've got some pieces here. But enough about us. We got to get into Whisper Nation, man. These guys waited to get that link. Now they're here with us to talk about their teams. Johnny, you want to take the first few there? Yeah, I'll take the first uh, three here. <clears throat> All right. We got Don Flicked at the 101 spot, took Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, back to back quarterbacks to start his draft. Then he went Najee, Chase, Jamar Chase in the fourth, ETN, and Kareem out uh, this top. You know, three running there, pretty good room. Then he grabbed Brandon Ayuk, a uh, player we're really fond of before wide receiver. Has Irv Smith in the eighth, Tyler Lockett, LaVisca Chenault to round out that wide receiver. He grabbed AJ Dillon in the 11th, Hunter Henry in the 12th. You got Lock, uh, Drew Lock, who we're kind of considering there in the 13th. And then you got Pat Freermuth. Is that how I, I always know? Friermuth, I, I think. Friermuth, that's right. And then Rashad Penny uh, in the 15th. I like the stack of quarterbacks here. However, I think it could get a little this this year as far as your wide receivers. I think that um, that's where your your team could struggle a little bit. But like I said, you've got two really upside quarterbacks, so that could really carry you. And you've got a really nice stack of running back core there. So overall, pretty I'm going to move on to the real whisper here, uh, a.k.a. Death by Rona, a.k.a. Scott. Uh, and he picked from the 102 spot. A.k.a. Uh, he, Scott. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> um, he, Christian That's McCaffrey. So J.K. Dobbins, uh, Miles Gaskin, and David Johnson, his four running backs, pretty, pretty solid. Uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Michael Thomas, Kenny G, Henry Ruggs, Mims, and Gage as his wide receivers. Also a pretty good stacked room there. Uh, a couple of those we were definitely looking at at our team or on our team. His quarterbacks are Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, and Ben Roethlisberger. You know, old reliables there. And then his two tight ends are Goddard and Ingram. I think this is a pretty solid team overall. I think he he drafted pretty solidly here. I don't know if it's going to be one of my favorite of my groups, but we'll see. I'll move on, analyze this last one, and then I'll give you my winner for my group here. We got uh, easy draft from the 103 spot. He took Jonathan Taylor, Deion Swift, Melvin Gordon, Chuba Hubbard, and Hawkins, uh, the backup running back for Atlanta, as his running back group there. Pretty, I mean, I love Swift and Taylor, so you're set for a good amount of time. Uh, you've got Matt Ryan, Ted, uh, Tom Brady, and Ryan Fitzmagic as your quarterbacks. Gotta love that production. Pretty solid with some good upside there. Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, and Jordan Palmer for your wide receivers. I'm actually a pretty big fan of Jordan Palmer and, and his potential upside. I actually would go with easy. I think he did a great job drafting here. I think uh, from top to bottom, he has probably the most solid team from the first three picks here. I'd, I would choose him as my winner of my section. I think I would agree with you. I don't have much 
in the no, way of that. I, I do like how Don Flick started, but then the Jalen Hurts one, I, I just can't get over yet as your second. But I mean, I don't know who we're talking about. Like <laughs> our second quarterback isn't the prettiest thing, but I just yeah. think that um, what we were able to build was a more uh, better way to approach that. If you're going QB early, um, yeah. I do like Josh easy daddy. Here. Thank you. Easy Thank daddy you, for me Palmer. for sure. Yeah. On this uh, one. Austin, you want to take the next uh, four. four? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, really quick, I wanted to highlight one thing. I just saw this on J.K. Dobbins, and I'll be saying this on every single mock draft that we do from now until the actual season starts. Everybody's stoked about J.K. Dobbins. I'm super stoked about J.K. Dobbins. Love the talent. I do not love Jim Harbaugh being the head coach because I've just never seen Jim Harbaugh really use a single bell cow system before. And J.K. Dobbins, of course, it could shift up next year. I'm looking at his stats, though, from last season. I think he gets a lot of credit for being this pass-catching specialist. He didn't have a single game where he had – five targets come his way most of the time he had one or two targets come her, his way but he also did have five games one two three four five games where he didn't have a catch that he was active in we'll say so, a couple couple bell cows they were earlier on he hasn't done it in the recent years but ray rice and justin Forsett both had great years under him as a bell cow i get I, he was a bell cow that year that he came out and did it yes yeah, see i know nobody wants to give him maybe. credit because he was old and he came there late but he did you do that he by got design is that what he wanted or is that what he was I mean, left I don't, with does anybody go in wanting justin Forsett to be the guy i don't think so but he got it done is what i'm saying i guess you're um, right with there i just I, but I, no, I recently, you, no, recently you are right though, Austin. Recently, like, he hasn't really done that. But so but once again, Johnny's point about you not liking coaches is really coming in strong here. Each time you're like, "Hey, I don't like this coach." I, I just think it's more likely that you've shown us what you've done for the last six years in for a row. Sure. It's, it's more likely you're going to keep you're it reading going those that tea way. leaves on him for sure. I just, think, I just don't think J.K. Dobbins is ever going to be a top five back because he's never going to get the opportunity needed. Um, but sorry, that is a bit of more of a tangent. I just had enjoyed looking a little bit deeper at his stats there. I'm sorry, with Jacob Blay, number one fan here. And the four spot takes Dalvin Cook. I love him uh, this year. He'd be a top three back for me, probably taking him number two um, in my redrafts. With Akers and Nick Chubb, he's got a really phenomenal running back core um, to get started here. And I know it's dynasty, but Dalvin cook is his oldest running back at age 25. I'd expect he at least get two more good seasons out from him with maybe even more. It's going to be up to cook, uh, but acres and Chubb, great, great stacks to go along with it. Nick Chubb's also 25, but it doesn't look like there's any signs of slowing down there. He takes Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson as his two quarterbacks, a little bit early to be getting that caliber of quarterback, but you got to do what you got to do. And the quarterbacks are flying. So I, Get it? That might end up being the weakness of your squad, though. Uh, goes ahead and takes Devontae Smith there as his leading wide receiver in the sixth round. Love that long term. Uh, concerned a little bit about what this is going to be uh, year one here from a fantasy perspective, but I really like it long term. But just a lot of question marks over there. Seems like there's always uh, a high prospect. Eagles wide receiver we're excited about at this point in the year, and the next year we got a different one that we're talking about. Uh, but still excited about Rieger. Excited about Smith. Not excited about J.J. or Sega Whiteside anymore, though. Uh, Noah Fant, like what he could bring to the table. Uh, Odell Beckham, I'm still on the train. I know he's 28 years old, um, but he has a lot of reasons for his slip production. I think there's a lot of also reasons to think he's going to be shinier this year. I like that move. A lot of Browns love over on Jacob Blaze's team. Uh, Mac Jones there is his third quarterback, planning for the future. Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison, a couple of high-caliber handcuffs in the 10th and 11th picks. Takes Mecole Hardman, Marquise Brown, and Antonio Brown in the 
12, 13th, and 14th round selections with with uh, Blake Jarwin there as his second tight end. I think this is a pretty well, this is a really good running back squad, that's for sure. Um, you've got some upside long-term in the quarterback realm of Zach Wilson and, and Mac Jones turn into things, and, and Baker Mayfield, actually, too. Uh, he's, he's shown some, in, um, some uptick uh, as of late, doing better with uh, the new coaching situation. It's a good team. Uh, it's not a great team. There's a lot of question marks with the wide receiver spot. Um, if you do get Michael Hardman, Marquise Brown, and Odell Beckham to pop this year, you could have a good team this year, given how strong that running back core is. But you're going to need to make up a lot in the quarterback spot, which isn't shiny. The wide receivers actually could be a problem. Um, tight ends really aren't doing you any favors. So I, this is this is actually – I'm a little concerned about this squad. I love the running backs. But the, in, a, in a super flex quarterback situation, there's not, there's not enough shine, and this is a PPR. Um, even if it's just a half point, um, gets a little concerned about the wide receivers there. Moving on to Macedonia in the five spot, he takes Derrick Henry, uh, who is my one-one selection uh, in redrafts. Love that Tannehill in the second round, uh, just not just not super shiny there either. Um, and I think he missed out on the super flex memo there, as he had only taken one quarterback. Uh, and his team. So that's always a great point. Know the rules which are coming in. I've been in parts of real drafts too, where people are like, wait, we have three wide receivers on our starting roster, not just two. Um, or you can have tight ends in your flex, whatever it might be. So just make sure you know what the, the rules are of the league that you're going into. Um, after that, in the third round, take Stefan Diggs. Love that pickup. And Joe Mixon in the fourth with Allen Robinson in the fifth. So that's actually looking really uh, pretty stacked with TJ Hawkinson there in the six. I love picks one, three, four, five, and six actually for both win now and dynasty angles. Uh, T Higgins, I think he's going to blossom and keep going. Um, even, even with the uh, Jamar Chase addition, uh, Cooper cup. I like what, I, I, no issues there. Juju Smith Schuster. I think he's actually turning into a value play. Tyler Boyd will be someone you can keep hoping, but I think he's going to slip on and slip out, but that's fine. Um, Drake back up now for Josh Jacobs, but could have some relevancy if anything happens. Tunyon, you like to see what he was about last year, um, especially if Aaron Rodgers sticks around. He also gets that wide receiver ticker uh, as long with the tight end one and sleeper. So that's nice. Devin Singletary in the 13th. That's crazy. That's technically the starting running back for what you could be seeing as a run heavy team in Buffalo. Um, Tariq Cohen with Chicago uh, just does what he does along with J.D. McKissick over there in Washington, who it bears mentioning that uh, in PPR format, J.D. McKissick was the number 17 uh, running back available. So this one is a little bit spread thin of a squad. It doesn't have a second quarterback. That's a concern. Um, obviously, there are major holes from that perspective, but there are some nice strengths on the squad. Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon. Really nice two running backs there to anchor it down. And then Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson as your main two with either T. Higgins, Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Boyd as your third. It's pretty good. And then some not bad running back depth. It's it's not an awful situation over there. Um, so then moving over here to the Cats Pajamas, taking the sixth overall selection, Kyler Murray as their first pick. Followed by a string of quarterbacks. Joe Burrow in the second, Trey Lance in the third, Justin Fields in the fourth. Maybe going for some trade bait, going with some strategic thinking in this mock draft. Not a bad way to go about it in a super flex um, 
dynasty startup. I like kind of what he was doing, especially how fast quarterbacks are flying off the board. Um, would have liked somebody with a little bit more pop than a Trey Lance, but maybe you are keen to something that you want to put your flag on. Dave Montgomery and Chase Edmonds. She should have two starting running backs. Read a really cool report on Chase Edmonds, how he's looking to really own this role. It's all lined up for him to feast this season, and he wants to make the most of it. He's a Cardinals fan. I hope he is about that. Uh, Deontay Johnson, really like what he could be about over in Pittsburgh. Uh, Trey Sermon could really well be leading the way for San Francisco this year. It's a nice upside rookie play. Um, Jalen Waddle, we know the talent. We're excited about that. Zach Moss, you heard us talk earlier about why there's reasons to believe Zach Moss is going to have some pop. You temper those expectations, but falling in the, to the 10th round, those tempered expectations are built into the pick. Corey Davis with the Jets now. I don't hate it. Pittman showed us some good pop last year. Ahmad St. Brown, we were really looking forward to this pick. I think this could be the sneaky, shining pick of his draft. Is This really could be the future Lions wide receiver. It could be their guy. It's a new regime, and uh, this is who they went ahead and picked up. Lost a lot of wide receiver talent. We uh, mentioned earlier Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay uh, this year. Tyler Higby, Travis a big fan of him this year with the vacated targets we should expect in Los Angeles as well as with Matt Stafford coming over behind center and Latavius Murray as a, uh, a depth piece at the running back spot. I don't even – it kind of shaped up into an interesting way given how many quarterbacks he's got at the top. Um, if I take out the tradeability factors on this, you'd be starting Kyler Murray and Justin Burrow. Not bad plays, you assume. Um, Deontay Johnson, Corey Davis, Jalen Waddle, Pittman. Got some pop that could make you nervous. Chase Edmonds and David Montgomery. It could break their way. More likely for Montgomery than Edmonds, but it really could be a, a special season for Edmonds. It's up to him. Um, I'm not surprised if this team ends up sneaking into the playoffs. I, I think he, he kind of tried to do too much from a mock draft perspective, try to get too far ahead of the future with making some plays and might've missed out on some opportunities to win some matchups this season. I like what he was doing. It was a fun, it was a fun play. I just don't know if um, you can really get that far ahead of it, especially in a mock draft. But not bad. And then uh, the last one here, I'll round out with Travis garden in the eighth spot takes Tyreek Hill. Um, still really loving that pick. I think Tyreek Hill's in for a monster season coming up for the Tyreek Hill's age 27 year old season. I'm Aaron Rodgers in the second, probably not a bad pick regardless of where he lands. Hopefully he's in green Bay and you'd love if Julio Jones did come over there with him too. Uh, Antonio Gibson there in the third to me is just a steal. Antonio Gibson looks phenomenal. It's a borderline RB one last year in standard formats at the number 12 overall, number 13 in PPR. I like Antonio Gibson a lot this season and moving ahead. Love Darren Waller in the fourth, uh, age 28, but last year's number two tight end in all formats. And you expect to see similar production continue. Javante Williams, rookie running back for the Denver Broncos in the fifth. I like that pickup. Maybe not this year as much with Melvin Gordon still hanging on to the last year of his contract, but I think that he's actually going to eat into that workload this year, pick up all the Philip Lindsay work, and then uh, maybe even some more if they like what they see. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa in the sixth round. I like what his prospects are about this year and moving forward. Jerry Judy in the seventh and Curtis Samuel in the ninth. Um, like those pickups. I don't even have to say temper expectations, but I'm just excited to see what they're about. Um, Raheem Mostert is going to have some competition, as he always will in a Shanahan-led uh, team, but Raheem Mostert is that guy for now. Sermon went just a couple picks later, but 
If you had to pick one for week one, I'm still going Mostert. Um, Jameis Winston there in the 10th as his third quarterback. You could do worse. Uh, Cole Komet there, the 22-year-old, six foot six inch 258-pound Chicago tight end with Justin Fields as his quarterback. Now I'm actually pretty excited about this pick. I think getting him the 11th was a steal in Dynasties. Um, more there in the 12th with Arizona. It's a fun pickup in Dynasty. Henderson in the 13th, nice value play running back there for the Rams who had a lot of really great games last year. And Cam Akers is expected to be the back, but Henderson coming in and leading the uh, snap percentage, leading the touches for a few games here and there is not going to be a surprise to anybody who's been watching this team. Uh, Jarvis Landry in the 14th, that could be the alpha wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. You got him in the second to last round. You like that. Uh, still just 28 years old. Had that hip issue last year, but he did finish out the season. Uh, not bad. Not bad. He had uh, 50 yards or more in uh, weeks 12 onward with 143-yard performance there in week 12. So I still like what his possibilities are. And then Marvin Jones there in the 15th with the 15th pick, Marvin Jones is, is perennially slept on. I know he's 31, but he's a sneaky play who's just got a knack for the end zone. And uh, yeah, I don't think you hate him on your team there. So this is not a bad team. This is this was a, a pretty well put together, pretty well balanced squad. Gibson and Williams as your main running backs. Mostert as your third. I like that. Tyreek Hill and Jerry Judy as your main running wide receivers. Excuse me, with Samuel as your third. Moore is backup. Landry and Jones there. It's got some depth. Not a lot of like home run hitters, but guys who aren't, aren't going to just goose egg you. And then in a, in a draft where we've seen some people kind of mess up on the quarterback selections, I like what he did for the now and the later in Aaron Rodgers and Chua and then Winston. I think he's got a pretty good super flex squad set up. Well, well-balanced team with some real pop players, Gibson, Tyree, Killen, Rogers, Waller too. He's got some positional separation too. This one would be my favorite of the four. All right. So we got Travis Garden. Winner Taking it Austin. up for Austin squad there. I, I would agree with that too. I just think this, like you said, the pop on, especially top heavy there, Aaron Rodgers, Ty- Tyree kill and Antonio Gibson really do it for me there. And Darren Waller at the top. So love that. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to bring us home here with Jay Blizzy, whisper nation, listener league champion. Uh, Lamar Jackson is his first pick. Then he gets Antonio or AJ Brown right before we thought we were going to be able to get him in the second uh, George Kittle there. CD lamb, Austin Eckler, Chris Godwin, like right up until the sixth round just some really really high upside players here it's really exciting stuff um so i think blizzy's on his way here to a really good team um lamar obviously with the konami code there the huge upside then he gets kirk cousins and Derek carr kind of the same guy really and so it's nice to have them as as options for your super flex you can kind of go between based on matchup um i think this is a really well put together team by jay blizzy here rashad bateman elijah moore both rookies with some high upside and then terrace marshall as well james connor here could fall in for six, seven, eight touchdowns this year if, if Arizona gets going. So that's not bad to have as like a flex play if you needed it. Austin Hooper and then Salvan Ahmed to round it out. Um, I think this team's really good. It's going to be hard to unseat him, but uh, I've got three more to go through here. Let's take a look. John Credit, man, just glad to have you in here drafting with us. Appreciate Hell you, yeah. buddy. Uh, Dak Prescott and Trevor Lawrence off Big the board mistakes. back to back. <laughs> <laughs> Love to have story. you here. 
No, <laughs> but you, uh, yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, he went back to back QBs. Maybe he's tipping his hand. He's in our dynasty league. Is is he going to get Trevor Lawrence in our dynasty league? We don't know. But this is a tip here. Maybe he's trying to send smoke screens. He also got Calvin Ridley, Aaron Jones, and then Josh Jacobs to round it out here. Look, Calvin Ridley without Julio Jones uh, is going to eat. He's going to be the touchdown guy that Julio never was mixed with the targets that we saw Julio get. That's a great pick if you're trying to predict the future here. Aaron Jones, if Aaron Rodgers is there, love this pick. Jake, Josh Jacobs, even if Aaron Rodgers was there, don't love this pick. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Josh Jacobs is getting slept on a little bit. The hate's going too far. Uh, Kyle Pitts, James Robinson, Claypool. I love that those three right there. I think the value of those three is going to be pretty good. If we could have gotten uh, Kyle Pitts in, in the sixth round, I think that would have been the right call. So I like that he got him here. And then he got Jonu Smith to kind of wait out if Pitts has the growing pains, which most rookie tight ends do. Um, nothing really jumping out here at the end here. Obviously, Michael Gallup, uh, Naheem Hines, Ken, uh, Ken Gainwell, and then uh, Kadarius Tone. Uh, I think this team's fine. I don't think it uh, unseats Jay Blizzy. The quarterback situation's got me a little worried as your super flex. And I think Blizzy's got you covered there with his two guys. Uh, so let's go to Drew K. Lou here. Running backs, though, for how I do like. Yeah, to- I do like the running backs for sure. Um, but uh, we talked about the wide receivers here in a half PPR. You're starting three of them. And I think he's just kind of. He's reached a little bit on, on on wide receivers here with Claypool and Cooks. Having to have them be the guys this year might be a little tough uh, in the next couple of years. Okay, Alvin Kamara uh, for Drew K. Lou off the board first, then Russell Wilson followed by Ezekiel Elliott. I uh, like that start. I think that's really solid. Terry McLaurin, then Chris Carson, followed by DJ Moore and DJ Shark. A couple of DJs there in the middle. Uh, Damian Harris, then Sam Darnold, buying that dip on Sam Darnold. Maybe he's going to do it here with this new squad, the refresh. Uh, Mike Kosicki, Will Fuller, uh, Jalen Rieger, Will Fuller on the 11th. I think that's pretty good value down there. Uh, I like that pick. Yeah. Uh, Philip Lindsay, uh, Jordan Love, T.Y. Hilton. Um, so really... He, Look, uh, going against the grain with the love pick, but I think it's worth a dart throw if Rodgers were to move. Maybe you've got a starting quarterback, and maybe love shocks the world a little bit. You know, it's it's funny to me, just to go off on a little bit of a tangent, how much the world loved Jordan Love pre-draft last year. If you go back and look at the pre-draft hype on Jordan Love, he was moving up a lot of draft boards, and a lot of analysts like him. The minute the Packers draft Jordan Love, they're like, what are they doing? He's an idiot. He's not ready. So I just think it's funny how the narrative shifted, and I'd be interested to see if he does start how that works but that's not a fantasy show that's just me being a Packer fan trying to get excited about something all right Fred Beasy is the final team here we will talk I do not think Drew K. Lou did enough to unseat Jay Blizzy if I'm looking at the teams stacked up once again the second quarterback scares me a little bit and I really like what Blizzy was able to do to hedge his bet on his super flex quarterback so like that Fred Beasy here uh, was the final uh, pick on, in the first round the 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 ends as we like to call them 112 uh, Saquon Barkley then Justin Herbert followed by Travis Kelsey and Deshaun Watson. Look, if Watson's going to play, this is a fantastic start to your draft. That's the big if. Uh, Miles Sanders, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, uh, really just thinking he's balancing this team out with some really good play here. Uh, Then wide receiver got a little bit thin on him, so his third wide receiver is going to be this combo of Robbie Anderson, Darnell Mooney, maybe Paris Campbell, depending on what happens. But I love Anderson. Uh, Johnny's kind of talking me off a little bit on Anderson, but we we debated that a little bit uh, last week. Daniel Jones is his third QB, so trying to survive the Watson maybe this year. Um, Still don't love that. 
Uh, and then, but I love Paris Campbell's upside. If he can get going with Carson Wentz, Darnell Mooney, as, as Austin said, the internet's on his side. So you like that. Uh, the internet that, is undefeated, baby. Yeah, maybe you get some points from that. Uh, Gerald Everett, uh, was the last pick here in Seattle. That's not a bad like dart throw. They just happen to use so many tight ends up there. It's just it's hard to really get behind a guy, but I like it in the 15th round. Look, this team's great, and it would get the edge if Watson, if I knew Watson was going to play, but nobody believes Watson's going to play this year, let alone we'll see what happens after that. So for me, it's Jay Blizzy. He he took it down in, the, in this back group, but there, there are some good squads back here. I think a lot of playoff teams in this back group. All right. With that said, that does it here for us on the Fantasy Whispers. Big Travis. AKA is, the Green Bay Packers talk. Yeah. Um, make sure you guys check us out. We'll be live on Wednesday for an AFC South breakdown of that division. We'll be going live at our normal time. So make sure you check us out. And if you're new to our channel, make sure you hit that subscribe. Hit that bell hit that so you get notified up. whenever like we go live. Drafts. Hit yeah, that thumbs great up. Great like draft. All right. Until next time, Whisper Nation, that is Big Travi. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that is Austin Sear, and we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.